The Pilgrimage of the Heart podcast is brought to you by PYO.Yoga, an online studio for all your yoga needs, including videos in Spanish and Russian. This podcast is also brought to you by Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga, located in San Diego and serving over 1,000 yogis a week. Hi, this is Sujantra. Join me now and every week to discover the beauty, joy, and peace that lies just underneath. I think a good way to look at the irritability is, first of all, to try to figure out what part of your body or your being is irritable. So in Sri Chamoy's philosophy, in the little blue booklet you'll come across, he talks about different parts of our being, and specifically our physical body, our emotional body, and then our mind. So the emotional body has a big range. The height of it is our spiritual heart. And so in each part, you know, trying to identify where the irritability is. So in the physical world, <clears throat> he talks about agitation in our physical body happening in our physical nerves and our subtle nerves through what we take into ourselves. So it's said that if you're, for example, bringing into yourself a lot of aggression, whether it's through food or what you're reading, or what you're watching on television. But if you're bringing that into yourself, then it affects your physical body. So if your physical body is irritated and agitated, um, being conscious of what you're bringing into yourself, and also getting exercise. So working out, um, exercising, energizing your body. Then in the world of your mind, a lot of times irritability or agitation comes through expectation. So we expect certain things from ourselves or we set expectations that aren't realistic or we expect other people to be or do a certain thing and they don't. And so a nice quote also from my teacher is, peace begins when expectation ends. Peace begins when expectation ends. And so if you can take action or have interaction with other people and give your whole heart to things but not have expectation, then you'll be at peace because you'll know in your own heart you're doing or giving what you can, doing the most you can, but then letting go of the expectation of what you think should or shouldn't happen. And so that can also bring a lot of peace. Then the next question was about falling asleep and how to stop falling asleep. And so one of the tragedies is, you know, meditation is such a a golden opportunity. And so spiritual teachers say that just being aware that out of millions and billions of people on earth that you, for whatever reason, have become inspired to meditate is really, really significant. 
Because most people have no idea that there's even the ability to calm the mind and achieve something within oneself. And so the fact that you're inspired to meditate, each meditation is such an opportunity. And if you fall asleep, then you've missed the opportunity because you're just basically going into the unconscious. And we sleep, I think, a third of our lives. And so the meditation is such a unique moment and such a valuable moment. So to try and have enthusiasm and an awareness of the significance of the moment of meditation. On the physical plane, not to eat too much before you practice meditation, because just like any animal, if you eat a lot, then it feels really nice to sleep. It's natural, your blood goes into your digestive system, so it's easy to fall asleep. So not eating too much, but also making sure you're not hungry, because if you're hungry, you're just gonna, your mind's going to be focused in on the hunger. So, so not to eat too much. And then if you start to fall asleep or, or daydream, uh, keeping your eyes open will help keep you conscious of the world around you. And so that'll help to keep you conscious. And even if your eyes are just a little bit open, that makes you aware of the world so that you can stay present. And then finally, keeping your spine straight. So if your spine is straight and energized, then that's another good way to fall I mean, to stay awake, because if you want to fall asleep, a sure way to do it is to start to lean forward and let your head fall forward, and pretty soon you'll be gone. And if you're leaning against the wall, a nice thing to do can be to um, take a block or a blanket and put it under the lower part of your back so you can really energize and um, straighten your back. So again, trying to see the real opportunity in... The, each opportunity to meditate, feel the enthusiasm and excitement for it, and then on the physical plane, not to eat too much, keeping your eyes open, and then keeping your spine nice and straight, staying conscious during your meditation. Okay. The last one, concept of death. <laughs> so that's a pretty big topic, the concept of death. And one of the books I recommend if you want to go deeper into spiritual philosophy is this one that's a compilation from my teacher's writings. And the longest chapter in here, it's alphabetical. I think there's about 50 chapters on different topics. One of the longest chapters is on death because so much of Indian philosophy or spiritual philosophy is about the big picture of life and death, that they go together. And that in nature we see cycles, everything has its cycles. So the seasons, we go through the cycle, the, the, we cycle, the moon cycles around us, we cycle around the sun, the sun cycling around other um, stars. So there's all these cycles going on. And the Indian philosophy says that the life and death is a continuous cycle. It's not just one time. Like we have one life and then there's one death and that's it for eternity. Indian philosophy says that life is a vast journey. Each individual soul is on a, on a journey of evolution from plant consciousness to animal consciousness to human consciousness to divine consciousness. And that in each lifetime, we learn, we have some lessons we learn 
But to think that we can learn from basic life lessons to the attainment of nirvana in one lifetime is, is really expecting a lot. And so the spiritual philosophy says that each of us has the potential for nirvana or God realization for this deep level of awareness, but it, that it takes a lot of learning, it takes a lot of lifetimes. And so exploring that and trying to feel and see the vast expanse of your life and the idea of lives and what are you learning in this lifetime if you really think about it a little bit like what have you learned so far in this life you know what, what, what are some deep important lessons you've learned about life so we learn a lot about the outer world, how to act, how to behave, how to have a job. We learn about our career. But when you think about what have you really, really learned that's really significant about life, it's kind of humbling. I find it humbling because there's a lot to learn. And when I think about what I've learned in this life, it's a couple things, but it's not, uh, it's not huge. And there's a really good, in addition to this book, another good book is called Many Lives, Many Masters. And it's about a um, psychiatrist who hypnotizes some patients back into past lives because he can't resolve issues they have in this life, so he takes them back. And what really struck me about the book was that, like one woman, she went back to her life as a, a Native American Indian and in that whole life, she, she, had, she remembered having like three kids, the husband had been killed, you know, it was like sustenance level living. And what she learned in that whole life was, was just being grateful for having enough to live. And so that's like a whole life and there's, there's one lesson, well, one lesson about humility and gratitude. But there's so much we have to learn. And so in terms of life and death, I think seeing the significance of this life, what you're learning, trying to deepen that learning, and also trying to see the big picture of your journey. Okay, so um, as I said tonight, Shalil's going to lead us through our meditation. It'll be about a 20-minute practice, and then from there we'll do a little chanting with Pujari. Shalil. Um, so... Let's just begin. Uh, we're going to listen to Shri Chinmayi playing flute music for meditation, which is a wonderful uh, CD uh, of him playing the flute in a very meditative consciousness. So why don't we just all sit up nice and straight with our spine erect yet relaxed. And we'll start off with our eyes closed. And just draw your attention to your breath. And just observe how you are feeling at this moment in a very non-judgmental way. Just observe if you're tense, if you're relaxed, or somewhere in between.
And we'll start this evening's exercise. I'll just read a very short passage of Sri Tinmoy's writings. When you think of yourself, you think of all your anxieties and worries. You think that your life consists of what you have to do, whom you have to speak to, what you have seen, and so forth. But in the eye of the Supreme, that is not your life at all. Your life is your receptivity, how much you are capable of receiving love, peace, and delight. Your life is your receptivity, how much you are capable of receiving love, peace, and delight. So just rest your hands in your lap in any position that's comfortable. And with each exhalation, consciously release and relax any tension around the muscles in your face, around your eyes, your forehead. Softening, relaxing, releasing. Imagine the crown of your head floating up towards the ceiling. With each breath, your spine is lengthening. Your chest is opening. With each exhalation, consciously relax and release any tension in the muscles in your neck and shoulders.
make a conscious effort to expand your belly every time you breathe in. And draw your belly in towards your spine as you exhale. Ensure your breathing is very quiet, very calm. And with your next breath, once you've expanded your belly, your diaphragm, then expand your chest, your back ribs and your side ribs. So you are utilizing your entire lung capacity. And as you exhale, this process simply reverses itself. Your chest relaxes, your belly draws in towards your spine and you completely empty your lungs. Find your natural rhythm. Just open your eyes ever so slightly so you let a little light in, so you're aware of both the inner and the outer worlds. Imagine with your next inhalation that you are breathing in the quality of peace. breath, 
this peace is permeating your entire being. Try to feel this peace is not entering into you through your nostrils, but through your spiritual heart, which is located in the very center of your chest. Now with your next inhalation, imagine that you are breathing in the purest form of love. There is no attachment, there is no desire polluting this divine quality. And again, this love is entering into you, directly into your heart. You can even try repeating the word love in silence 
as you inhale. Finally, with your next inhalations, imagine that you are breathing in delight. The most refined, the most exalted divine ecstasy. like a luminous nectar. This delight is permeating every part of your being on a cellular level.
Now, as we did at the beginning of the exercise, draw your attention once again to your sense of self. How you are feeling. And if you notice the difference between your current state and how you are feeling at the beginning of this exercise, and if there's been a shift, a sense of greater peace, greater poise, And if there has, then offer gratitude for that shift, that change. Because like a magnet, this gratitude will ensure that these qualities <coughs> will adhere to your spiritual heart. When you think of yourself, you think of all your anxieties and worries. You think that your life consists of what you have to do, whom you have to speak to, what you have seen, and so forth. But in the eye of the Supreme, that is not your life at all. Your life is your receptivity. How much you are capable of receiving love, peace, and delight. that feeling from our hearts, feeling of peace, we'll do a final chanting, singing on the quality and energy of peace. We'll chant Om three times, peace three times, Om three times, and then we'll do a beautiful song, peace in heaven, peace on earth, peace in every human life, and everyone can join in on the singing.
peace in heaven, peace on earth, peace in every human life.
Each time you end your meditation, bringing your awareness back to your body and surroundings as much as you need to. But as much as you're able to, holding on to this inner awareness. And so the beautiful quote that Shalil read at the start of the meditation ties in with the themes we were talking about tonight in that if we can really learn what our what our what the significance is of our life and what the essence of it is we'll connect with an incredible energy, this energy of the universe. Whereas if we're lost in all of our thoughts and just the passing things in life, then we tend to become drained and downtrodden and life becomes really heavy. Whereas if you can feel that deep significance of your life in the deeper dimensions, then you get an enthusiasm and a gratitude and all these wonderful energies will come into your existence. They're all there just waiting. Okay, so I want to thank everyone for joining us this evening. Thanks, uh, Shalil, for leading some nice meditation. He lives in New York where he teaches uh, meditation classes for the Sri Chamoy Center uh, in New York. And then also thanks to Pujari for the chanting. Thanks for joining us. This has been a production of Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga. Join us at our studios here in San Diego or visit us online at pyo.yoga. Namaste.